I'm Nicole Tamron. I'm a watercolor artist and introvert who ironically loves to talk shop. One thing I know is that no matter where we are in our creative journeys, we all have something to teach as well as room to learn because there's no one singular path when it comes to doing art. And hearing the stories of others are truly what allow us to get out there and tell our own. Join me as I reconnect with industry friends for real talk about art, business, and all the life that happens in between. So in the spirit of sharing our creative journey stories, it only seems appropriate that we start with my own. For those of you who I do not know, I'm Nicole Tamron, and I am a watercolor artist and hand letterer for the licensing industry, which I've been really fortunate enough to do for over a decade. I will say totally not a path I thought I'd be on, intended to be on, because I think creativity for me was always just something that I did versus actually having it be a direction in life, which I think is a lot of what happens for most people is that you start off as a creative kids because kids are creative. It's just the way that you see the world before it's been structured, I suppose. So I was always out making things, packaging them up, creating environments, and we really were allowed that sort of free play. In fact, we didn't grow up with a television, which is kind of unique these days considering our kids have technology at the ready in a pocket for every aspect of life. But we spent a lot of time just like making things and building things and crafting story. And I had two hippie parents that would do a lot on their own. So I don't know actually at this point if it was always because of necessity or just working through because they were just creative people on their own. But my mom was sewing our clothes. My dad who is an upholsterer, also constantly making things with his hands. He also was a painter. And so creativity was just kind of in our house. However, it was not something that was modeled to me as a job or a direction in life. And so because of that, it never was on my radar as something that I could do too. And I would say that I'm always a person that kind of does my should do's before I want to's. And that's pretty much appropriate to say all throughout schooling was that where you populate your schedule with all the things that you should do. And so whether that's like upper level Englishes or maths or who knows what, all the things, it was always about kind of doing what was presented for me and then doing it well, because that's just how I am. So even taking an art class was not on my radar until well into high school. And I think because of that, I always had this small sense, which I realized is a very kind of running theme in my life of feeling a little bit behind because I did not start doing art until I want to say midpoint of my junior year or possibly my full junior year. I was taking language and after seven years of French my teacher was just like, you are not good at this. Why don't you fill your schedule with something like art since I was the kid that was doodling all the themes in my notebook edge versus knowing how to say them. So she sort of pointed me in that direction. And I hate to say that that sense of permission to explore something that didn't seem necessary or logical was just so what I needed. And I really 
have always had trouble with that, just doing the thing that is not practical. And that was such a gift to have someone point me in that direction. And even at that point, coming into the art room where all these kids had just been really just doing all the creative things with a whole period of the day, if not multiple periods of the day, was such a novelty to me. I thought that was just great. And through being around other people who were creative, I had this little seed planted that I should go to school for art. And again, I don't know that I was really thinking concretely about college. I don't think a lot of kids think about college until it's kind of well and upon you. But that just was like such a such an interesting thought to instead of going to school for something more practical, which I probably could have done, is just take that route and, and choose to be an artist. Because who's an artist? I didn't think I really had, again, those examples of people who did art for their living, except for maybe the art teacher, right? That's the only time I'd ever bumped into a person in real life that I really could see how they were combining creativity with income. So going to art school is like a big deal. It was a big deal. And I don't know that it was one that necessarily was fully supported by my parents. I think they wanted something that had a little bit more legs in it. I remember my mom, who's a nurse, kind of suggesting the medical illustration route. And my dad's definitely the dreamer creative side. So he was probably all all in on that. But you know, going to college was a big thing. And I think I was, I don't know, that was like a big, big choice that also involved like the financial implication of going in, which you kind of have to figure out on your own. But really getting to college and doing um, artwork in a larger capacity where you literally were presented with problems that you solved visually was just so my element. And I think because I hadn't gotten to really do much exploration before college, it was just, I was just all in and I just would work all the time because I think that's what you do when you get excited about something. And, you know, getting to school was really hard in the same way that coming into the art room was hard as all of those people just seemed like they knew what they were doing. They all knew each other from either these different state awards that all had to do with art or they had gone to specialty art camps or even things at the school so they just all knew what they were doing they were all so incredible and again I'm just sitting here I felt very behind in terms of my exposure with art and illustration and and the lot so there was a fair amount of me just trying to work hard to catch up while I was in school but I know one thing that definitely stuck out to me was I was not an, an artist. So knowing that my dad had been doing painting and he fully enjoyed the process of painting, that just wasn't what I did. I didn't make art because I enjoyed making it, which I'm sure everyone enjoys making it. But for me, it always had this other tie-in, which is that it needed to have a point. And so I guess that's where that word of artist had never sat well with me. It never really connected. And when I got to school and was learning more about illustration, now that felt a little bit better to me. I felt like I could, I guess, latch on to that concept where illustration was really about bringing concepts, sometimes not even your own, to life with a visual element to it. So that really was 
so rewarding to be able to feel like I was figuring out this process that seemed to have a definite structure to it and that I really did enjoy. But as we all know, when you're in school and you're doing any kind of illustration, even though when we're there, the illustrators all thought that we had these like careers lined up. Although actually, I'm not sure I did know I was going to have a career lined up. In fact, I was pretty, pretty realistic about that fact that there wasn't this magical job that I would be walking into. And I think I did have that self-awareness to know that was probably not at the end of that road for me. But to be very fair, I didn't know what was. And what was interesting is even though I had worked really hard, I was fortunate enough to graduate with departmental honors, which was such a thrill considering I did feel like I had come in kind of behind everybody. And then to be able to graduate at that was, um, that was huge for me. And I think there was this general sense that I was going to be the one to quote, do something with this. And then the week after I graduated, life kind of had a curveball for me and I found out I was going to be a mom. And it's a hard thing at that point, not only because, you know, at 23, 24, was this not on my radar, uh, but I'm also not a kid's person. And I don't even know that one of my big goals in life was to even be a mom. But I think there's a little bit of you know, having a a larger plan than you, which is I didn't really have a clear direction for leaving school. And as much as I always felt like this really took me out of the path I was kind of picturing for myself, I don't know that I would have taken the opportunity later on down the road to be a mom because it, it wasn't really something I wanted. I don't love kids. I still, even to this day, kind of don't interact with my nieces and nephews until they're much, much older. I'm not the person that's asking to hold your baby. It's just not who I am. But I am a person that when you give me something and it's presented, I sort of take that ball and run. And so I was going to be a mom and that was happening whether I wanted it to or not. So that's that was the direction at that point. And You know, I think back about how really disruptive it really was for me on an emotional level, and I felt very discouraged. Like I had worked really hard to put myself in this position to pursue illustration and that it was sort of being taken away from me. And, you know, the joke was my mom just didn't think we were going to survive being pregnant because I was the most miserable pregnant person on the planet. Um, but one thing that happened during that time that I just saw was, again, just such a gift to kind of keep me connected is I got my first illustration job and it was for a magazine um, that I think I had avoided the email from the first time and then the art director had called and for whatever reason I had picked up and I said yes and we always laugh because I don't remember if this was my first assignment for him or possibly another one, but I was actually in labor and my mom physically went to the post office and mailed this this actual watercolor of mine that was gonna end up in the magazine. And, you know, even like 
almost to the like to the moment I'm fighting this idea of becoming a mom and holding on so desperately to this like I wanted to be an illustrator so so much and so that was where that was heading Um, but the other opportunity that was just really wonderful was I got my first children's book and so even though I had this huge thing that was going to be I mean I guess in, in my mind just like derailing my whole goals I was able to have these little projects that kept me connected to that. So while I was pregnant, I was doing sketches. And then when I had a newborn, I would sit her up in the little bouncer chair next to me and I was working on those final watercolors that eventually became a book, which was kind of nice because it was like, there was this little aspect that said the illustration wasn't gone. It was just being done with other things on the radar. But overall, you know, being a mom was really, um, for those of you who have gone through that experience, it's such a draw on energy and time and to try to juggle all the things such as working full time, being a mom, and then on top of it, trying to launch my illustration career it's just things take a back seat and illustration definitely took a back seat. It's nothing that I wasn't always thinking about or trying for. And even when I was working, I kind of was always making sure people knew that I, I, I was an illustrator and really some interesting things happened with that along the road. I worked in retail and I actually am a licensed optician, which is kind of one of my fun fact party facts still am actually. (laughs) But to be able to tell people that that's what I did, I was able to, you know, go into some local publishers with my portfolio and get interviews and portfolio reviews. I was able to meet um, some, some other artists that invited me to join their art group. And I remember specifically being told it really was for like full-time working illustrators, but they, for whatever reason, made an exception for me, which again was so huge to keeping my motivation and also, again, putting people in front of me that were actually doing this for a living was so, so massive. And all of those conversations really stemmed out of me just making sure that I didn't lose that fact that I I wanted to do this professionally. It was not just this pipe dream. And so, you know, we do, we do all the things. You do the the pet portraits and the house portraits and the drawings of kids and, you know, making growth charts and custom names. And it all just sort of, you, you just try to get it in where you can. And of course, none of it seems to make money and none of it seems to be like, how would I make this key turn? But I think you just keep putting it out there. And at some point, I definitely remember just thinking, I just wish that somebody knew how I was, my skills, my talents, and could figure out a place for that. And I had a really cool opportunity come up where an interior designer that a friend of the family knew was looking for what he dubbed a Girl Friday. And I don't think I really knew what that was initially, but after having worked as a Girl Friday, it truly is what I was, which is that I basically solved problems on all the levels. And it was one of those experiences that, interestingly enough, you think of like all the ways that how do you get more creative than retail? Well, anything. And so getting to work at an interior design office was 
you know, that just seemed like the light at the end of the tunnel. And very interestingly enough, by week two, I definitely knew in the same way I knew I wasn't an artist, I definitely knew this was not a direction I could see myself doing on my own outside of this, which is weird because I think back on that realization and think, did I waste a lot of time in a location where that actually truly was not going to be my fit? And I didn't. I think one of the best things about that job is I was really given time and experience to, I, I mean, I, I always say, I think I learned how to put out fires, which is the bulk of owning your own business, by the way. There's no training plan here. And as much as I felt really kind of like I was treading water half the time in that job, it forced me to come up with structures and systems and formats for kind of in the process things. And so again, this idea of problem solving shows up again. So maybe it's not always in the visual aspect, but I've always really been able to have this kind of, I guess, skill in if you present something to me, I I really am able to like pull it together in a way that feels more presentable, understandable, and really usable by other people besides me. And I think that that is a skill that I've been able to take from whether it's through retail or, you know, in an office setting or in my own business or visually, that's something I would say I describe myself now, which is that I'm a visual problem solver. So that I do see elements of these other factors and and things I've kind of worked through creatively just in different ways. But that that job really, as much as it was amazing to be around fabric and textures and wall coverings, and I wish I could tell you that that's how I knew I wanted to get involved with surface design, but it completely wasn't that. It was really more about project management and, you know, learning how to learn operations and bookkeeping and kind of all of those analytical sides of the brain that I just have had a natural inclination for. It just did it in an arena that had more creativity attached to it. So it was definitely closer. And I'm very thankful for those years because it was sort of like crash course in owning a business. But I got to do that and make mistakes, sometimes mine, oftentimes not, but I just got to see those those different trials, but at the expense of somebody else's company. And so it wasn't always my risk on the line, but I really got the value of the experience, which was um, looking back, I think something that I really, really do value. Um, But where does this whole licensing journey start for me? And that's really one of those times that you just think, certain people are put in your path or certain experiences that just feel like they are horrible in the time end up being the right thing. And that really, like most people for licensing, I will say is a little bit of bumping into the industry. So for me, mine started because I had a license area freelance job. So, you know, as I'm working, as I'm being a mom, as I'm being like the creative mom and, you know, doing cool parties and all these random things that were, by the way, probably all perfectly adequate ways to explore my creativity that just didn't get going. Um, But 
I ended up finding a, a freelance opportunity came to me because the company had seen my children's book that had been released years before. And they approached me with a project that was a animal oracle deck of cards, which is very similar to a tarot card deck. And with that, there's a lot of art that's required for a full deck of cards, as you can only imagine. I'm a traditional watercolorist. And so although I'm probably not the slowest painter in the world, there is a certain aspect of my art process that just kind of takes time. And I was really excited for the opportunity and getting to talk to the company and also having them find you. It's just, it's such a wonderful thing because you think of all the things I do day to day to kind of put myself out into the world. And this one was something that I'd already done and it had sort of found the right home. That's huge. It's so, so huge and so encouraging. And so through this process of talking back and forth, I remember quoting the job and realizing that the amount of art I was going to have to do and the time that would take was probably not going to be supported by the budget of a company that's going to be producing these card decks. And I really was looking at that thinking, if I price it to where I'm actually earning the hourly for my time, I just don't know who would be able to pay for that, let alone this company, which I didn't think was huge. But I, so wherever this came from, I don't really know. But when I priced it, I remember sending an email that was pretty short. It was probably three or four lines long, but I happened to say in that email that I was going to restrict the rights to just the printing of the artwork on this Oracle deck of cards. And I think I capped it at a certain run number. And I know I pulled that from our conversation. So I knew how many card decks they were planning on making in that first run. And so I think that's what I had said is that just for this printing run of X number of units. And my thought was that if they sold through those units and they wanted to make more units, then it would kind of be the same amount paid for the artwork, same percentage of the overall profits as it was the first time so that they would be knowing that they could support that amount of art. So instead of, you know, having too much of that budget going into just the artwork and having the sales not be there, I don't know why, but that just seemed to make sense to me. And they came back with the fact that they actually wanted the full rights. And so I always think how interesting that was that I barely put very much in that initial quote, but it did actually trigger this conversation point on the rights. And so I had been out of school for a while when this happened. And when I dug into that a little bit better, because what do you choose when you negotiate things, right? Like you try to find out like the reason for the needs and if you can accommodate those and whether that's a pricing obligation or objection, you just really try to work with clients. I think that's just kind of good business. And when I was digging into that understanding of like, why do you feel like you need these rights? It really came back with the fact that they wanted to make additional products such as plushies and t-shirts and tote bags and greeting cards. And if it wasn't sitting well with me before why they would need the full rights to the art, that really didn't make sense to me. Because if they're making and generating more income streams off of the same artwork, why would I not also be able to get compensated for the time and energy that went into that art? So that truly is what sent me down this path of 
copyright and artist rights of their work and what all that meant and dig into it a little bit more because again I'd been out of school for some time so I wasn't really feeling like I was all that informed and it's amazing how some of our gut feelings when you think something's off we relate to inexperience or not knowing I mean that's really what it comes down to I thought I was just so green that I just didn't know how it worked and so I did something that I really had never done before, which was one, I totally lost that illustration job because I just was unable to get over this this rights thing. But also too, I didn't want to lose additional freelance jobs because of my lack of experience or understanding how the industry worked. So I did this very scary thing, which if you're an introvert and kind of keep to yourself and <laughs> just don't reach out to people well, um, this was so wildly not my personality, but I think I wanted the information more than I was scared for the ask. So I emailed the illustrator that had done that same deck of cards that we were negotiating for because in the process they had sent me the sample deck of a product that they already had out there. And so I reached out to this artist and I had to remember having to send it off to her agent. And so it took a little bit. But when I got that email back, it was so just such gold. It was just such gold because that person took the time to not only just respond, but also let me know that the rights for that animal deck that I had in my hands were not only not sold to this company, but she also linked me to her website where I saw those same images on tote bags, on pillows, on umbrellas on greeting cards, like all of this stuff. And who knows, maybe that's why the company wanted the full rights because they'd had that experience with her. I don't know. But the point was she opened up my eyes to the fact of one, not only are retaining your whole rights, not just something you're told in school. It is actually a working part of the industry. I wasn't being unprofessional by not going down that route with them. That was my first big light bulb moment. But the other was to introduce me to this whole idea of art licensing. And I cannot even explain to you why it was such a hit me over the head experience, but I always refer to that email as my light bulb moment. And I feel like you only have a few of these in life. If you're someone that's constantly amazing, but like for me, I spend a lot of time just kind of trying to navigate and doing my best, but I don't know that I'm always like crystal clear on certain things. And finding art licensing for me was such a crystal clear path and direction because so much of it made complete sense to me. And she was very kind and took a look at my art and said, I really think that this industry might be a fit for your artwork and even offered to hook me up with some of the agents that she knew in the industry. And ironically, I did not take that piece of advice. I'm not sure why I didn't, but I just dove in. I dove into research. I dove into listening to anything that was out there, anything that people were talking about. And that was eBooks and it was actual physical phone calls that you'd call in and listen to artists discussing these different aspects of their industry and just sort of retraining my brain what it was like to have a creative community because I didn't have one. It was so far outside of that. And so really to learn what it was like to be an entrepreneur, to be a working artist, these were all really new concepts to me. And so 
all of that was going on. And coincidentally, this was also when this is post-recession 2008 and the interior design firm, which is just a small business at the heart of it, was really not doing well. And not that our clients didn't have the money to do these renovations, but it definitely became not fashionable to be spending tons of money when there's people losing their homes and losing their jobs. And it was just this like not great time period. And because I did the books, I'm watching our income flow and it kind of was me who had to say to the owner, should I be looking for a different job? Because I just, I was watching the income. I was like, there's just not enough money to pay our vendors and to pay me. And I just don't see where this is going. And I think shockingly enough, he just kind of looked at me and said, yes, that would be great. Like start looking for something else. And, you know, my immediate, my immediate thought was I left that day completely shell-shocked and I called my, you know, my retail job, which I still was doing part-time, by the way, and I immediately picked up hours because that was my instinct. It was to protect, you know, you protect your income, you protect your family, you have these things that are riding on that you just don't take these huge, massive, scary leaps of faith on. And plus, where was I even going But then after a week had settled in, I really realized I had this degree in something that I was so passionate about pursuing. I had this direction newly on my radar about this industry that seemed to be my fit. And so I decided to take this like really crazy direction where I was still working part time for the interior designer. I didn't pick up a ton of hours doing the optician thing, but I did increase that a little bit. And what I allowed myself was I think it started with two days a week or one one day a week plus a, a weekend that I spent completely diving in to looking into the art licensing industry. And again, very early on in this process, I was listening to these calls. In fact, one of my dear friends now, Tara Reed, used to do these ask calls where you would dial in again and listen to her ask questions to another licensing artist. And the first call I ever listened to was with Paul Brent, and they were talking about this show called Surtex, and it was in May, and that's pretty much all I knew. So in the fall of 2010, I completely decided, again, talk about light bulb moment, I was going to do the show or walk the show in 2011 and exhibit in 2012. Truly having no idea what it would take to do those things. But as soon as I knew that, I just knew how to handle those couple days a week. And I I just really genuinely immersed myself in that idea of figuring it out. And by the time I got to walking the show in 2011, I had signed up for, Surtex used to do a kind of educational conference program, which was great because it gave me some structure. It was more money than I had spent on anything, anything, specifically something that was like, I don't know, had like no intentional outcome, but I was able to walk the show, which let you take all of the conferences plus be on the floor. And I have to say up until that point from the things I would see online, 
I genuinely wasn't seeing art that looked like mine, which I found a little bit concerning. But again, sometimes those gut feelings, you just kind of trust them and you go down there until I actually got on the show floor. And this is really where moving out of your element, the research stage kind of has to stop because there's certain things that you would find online. There were certain people that were sharing online and all of it gave me a very skewed impression of the actual work that was being placed physically in the industry. And one of the things I definitely could just tell is the second I got on that show floor, I 100% knew this is exactly where I needed to get to to go down this road because not only was I seeing art like mine, it was a lot of traditional media, which when I looked at the online landscape, I just wasn't seeing that, which was why I was so concerned that my style of art just was not going to place here. But seeing the floor, seeing the booth setups, understanding that not only was my art going to fit here, I just I just loved the entire energy and setup of Surtex in general. So that was so huge for me. The other thing that was really wonderful is that I had been doing, again, this research mode pretty intensively for what, I don't know, a few months at this point. And doing the conference program, it is not as if I wasn't finding it helpful or hearing different ways to package the information, but I didn't come out of those few days of all of these conferences feeling like I had new information, which really to me meant that I had done my homework and I really did know what I was getting into despite the fact of having all of these unknowns. And so I felt pretty confident leaving that show experience knowing that I was on the right path. And I just needed to, again, trust my gut, trust my intuition, trust the fact that I really was getting myself the information that seemed to be getting packaged, granted, for a huge sum of money. (laughs) But the idea here is that Google is a wonderful teacher. And if you're really passionate about the information, it's all kind of out there for free. So that was a really huge boost in my confidence that I really wasn't just completely uninformed that I was ready for that next step of really digging into my portfolio and continuing to make images to be back the following year. The other thing that was really hard for me, and again, I always kind of link back to this like introverted self of mine because it's it's just so who I am and I think it's been a hindrance for a lot of things I've wanted to do in life, but this is where licensing or exploring my creativity has really forced me outside of that is I made the point to introduce myself to as many people as I could that were actually exhibiting. And to do this, I did sort of the coward way, but there was a few people that I knew from online and I would like send out a tweet or send out a message and say, good luck at the show. And I'd love to come by to just introduce myself. And I think that was a really nice way for me to kind of, I don't know, I guess, explain why I would possibly talk to them, even though as I've gotten further into this community, you realize People are so excited to meet you and they are so happy to have you stop by. But, you know, when you first start walking down these roads, I don't think that you always know that. The other thing I made myself do is take my little brochure and I went through the entire thing 
And my first mission to myself was to say hello to everyone that was in Massachusetts. And then the next thing was everyone that was kind of in the New England area. And I just kind of worked my way through those lists. And I will say that I had a mix of interactions. And I definitely had those ones that made me want to crawl into a corner and never say hello to anyone again. But then I also had the ones that were really impactful and so kind and welcoming. And those are the ones I really tried to encourage myself to continue with. And I will say that one of the really amazing things that walking into the show environment did for me is it helped me visualize where I would be the following year. And I think when you have these really crazy big goals, I think a lot about the idea of having good examples in front of us because again I didn't really have those going I didn't really know anyone that did this and seeing people in their element in real life seeing what it looked like them in their booze it very much made me feel like I could picture myself doing that the following year and that made this all very very real for me so that was that became the new mission and I spent the next year creating patterns, learning how to make patterns. I definitely taught myself off of how to make a smiley face, kind of be a polka dot smiley face. And it was amazing. I was able to kind of move through that so quickly. I used sites such as Spoonflower, which I believe still has weekly competitions of pattern design because I was just learning how to do that. And I'm a person that really responds well to prompts and deadlines and what was that they gave you a prompt and a deadline to get it done for and I was able to start working through what pattern making even was since that was not something I even had bumped into I didn't know illustrators did that that was again very very exciting to find a new outlet a new problem for my creativity to solve Uh, through the spoonflower challenges actually I was one of the finalists for Michael Miller a while ago or when they first started did something called Project Salvage and I was one of the finalists for that and got to develop a pattern into a fuller collection and although I didn't win Project Salvage um, it was really one of those really amazing pats on the back to say what you're doing is on the right path your art belongs here you belong here and was I getting everything I was going for? No, but it was just enough to say like there are people that are noticing that your artwork fits here. And so the community that you'd meet through that process was starting to build for me. And so doing Surtex for the first time was really a matter of me changing my view for what was possible for myself. I did not know what I was doing. And in fact, for some reason, I did not think to ask anybody in the industry if I was doing it right, because I kind of still didn't know anybody in the industry. So this was the absolute, (laughs) like jumping in with both feet. I went, I had put all of my money towards this. I was working part-time in addition to full-time because obviously during this time I should go back the interior design job although it had didn't have hours for me started to build so I was back to full-time doing interior design I was working the weekends as an optician to pay for my surtex booth and so all all my eggs were in this basket and that included the fact that I guess I had mentally not prepared for the fact that this was any sort of non-possibility for myself. So 
The first time that anybody from the industry saw my artwork was actually when I was hanging my banners to show for the first time, which in hindsight, I would not suggest. But I think it's the way I had to do it because if I had had any factors that would have let me know that I wasn't ready, I just don't think I would have gotten there. And it was enough of a hurdle to get myself to New York. It was enough of a hurdle to not be home and to like take myself out of that mom household running environment, take off for work and and go do the scary thing to possibly have the information that my art maybe wasn't appropriate. Um, and I really do have to say that one of the, the biggest gifts, again, and to talk about all the stars aligning, is my best friend from college lived in New York and was able to help me just get there and logistics and help me set up and just to have that support system just right in place for this crazy big thing I was trying was just invaluable. And so although I did do the show by myself, I had that that nice person as home base that could just kind of get me there and, you know, work out some of where I would stay and how I would get there. And I think when you do those big, scary things, it's so nice to have that little bit of assistance, whether it's someone else doing the show that you can kind of figure things out together, feeling like you had somebody. Because at that point, I really didn't have anybody. But doing Surtax, I always say to everybody, was really, truly a life-changing event for me. Not that my life magically changed overnight, but the trajectory that I was on shifted so dramatically by doing that show that I can really go back and pinpoint that as a major step in this completely different life I had had before and after. Doing that show was something that, one, put me in and around people who had been working in this market for some time. I have been so incredibly, again, just blessed by the people that I've been put around and having to be my booth near some of the veterans and getting to have those conversations with them. And I think because I really didn't know what I was doing, I sort of was doing my own thing. So I came in with a look, I came in with something that really maybe wasn't overdone because I didn't even know what was being done. So I really had a wonderful interaction with people who had been doing this for a long time where I don't know if they took pity on me or whatever it was, but uh, I have just had so many vets help me navigate so many parts of this industry. I do not think I could have done it without that. But it really did take me leaving my couch, leaving research mode and into experience mode to put myself in that position to have those conversations, to make those interactions, and truly the stuff that helped me move forward. So I was really fortunate because out of my first show, one of the first conversations I had on the first day when I genuinely thought someone was just taking pity on me to explain little things I should do because they knew it was my first show, had no idea this was actually a manufacturer. Surtex used to be held at the same time as the National Stationery Show, which was very convenient because the art directors were on the stationery side selling to retailers and they would take time to come over to Surtex and look for new art and new artists. So I was not understanding that this was actually a manufacturer that 
by the end of the conversation was asking me to hold off on licensing this group of images until they could have their team come the next day. So I walked out with not just a card contract, but I walked out with a greeting card line and fabric. So those were things that were definitely happening straight out of the show. And I think, again, those those little pat on the back moments to say you're doing a good job, this is actually where you're meant to be, is really what's helped me pursue that road. Because it is a hard road, and it's a windy road, and it's one that I've had to navigate time in and time out with having no idea if the decisions I'm making, if the effort I'm putting in are even the correct ones. But those little, that little nugget that I was able to leave with helped me understand that I should continue down this path. And I think with licensing, one of the hardest things is the fact that it takes so long to track your progress. And I meet a lot of people coming in and out of the industry. And I will say that most of us have this sort of three-year stint where you come in with you know all the motivation and all the energy. And I think what happens is as you work so hard and put that effort in and you don't get those little nuggets to scrape together, it gets harder and harder to maintain the motivation because the income takes a long time to turn. The clients take a long time to get enough to merit the energy level that at some point you just start to lose that momentum. And I've definitely been a person that has lost momentum several times in this journey, but I needed those little ones in the beginning to keep me coming back and to get me in just that little bit further where I had something to build off of. So that was just a massive thing that I'm just, again, very, very grateful for because I don't know if I had missed that at that first starting out time. It was enough to have a couple contracts, a couple clients, again, giving me direction on a path to kind of go down and especially the few connections that I was able to make during my first year that would help me navigate sort of the the difficulty as I was getting further in. So there was just a lot that I got by actually taking that major first step to doing shows. But one of the biggest things that came out of doing the trade shows and really launching myself into this market was finding a sense of purpose. I think as creatives, we're always looking down what road our artwork fits. I know in high school, I always felt like I was too arty to fit in. And then when I got to art school, I almost felt like I was too preppy or business brain to fit in. And so there's this constant sense of what you do and who you are not fitting the place you're trying to put it. And I found that with working and through the different types of illustration and not that I wasn't trying, but I just wasn't gaining traction in these other industries. I liked doing the children's book, but then I found out I didn't like making a character or working in editorial was fine, but it just didn't seem to be that I wanted to tell a story or the fact that I don't love to draw people and a lot of things involve that depiction of persona. And so where did all of this fit was just such a question in my mind. And ironically, you get onto the sales floor 
of the trade shows or I got down this road of doing licensing and I found out that a lot of the ways that I naturally am, the way I process information, the way that I enjoy working with companies over individuals, it all just fit there and it made total sense. And what's more is I really did find my creative community. For all the times that you find that you don't connect with people, here I was finding I connected with people on this like much deeper mass level because I finally found where I fit. So those first trade show experiences were so life-changing, not necessarily because my life changed, but because I put myself on the floor in person around people that were actually doing what I wanted to do. And they were using their creative skills to earn their income. And if I really think back, that's the thing I've always been pretty obsessed with. I have this complete curiosity and admiration for people who have been able to take their creative skills and support their life with it. And in my own journey to make that simple fact a reality for myself, most of those changes, the encouragement, the examples that I'm really holding myself to, that's all come from people sharing their story and to share how they did what they did. What were those early days looking like? What are their day-to-day looking like now? All of that information is so much of value to me. And I feel there's almost a responsibility to share back those conversations that I was only privy to listen to when I was first getting started. I have an amazing creative community around me. It's such a gift. It is such a gift to be able to text, call, or just hang out with some of these people that do what I always wanted to do. And for that, I really feel like it needs to be shared. Not because I have some amazing story, but because everyone's got an amazing story. I'm so glad you were able to join for today's chat. If you have a friend that you think would also enjoy some industry chatter and conversations about surface design, art licensing, as well as hearing from other creative business owners, please share this with them. At the end of the day, creativity, it takes community. I'm Nicole Tamron, and I look forward to reconnecting with you soon.